What's up? Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Bruce Irving. This is episode number 266 of the SPM Show. Welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're listening to this when it comes out, hope you had a great holiday. Hope your new year that's coming up, 2020, is going to be spectacular and you have all your goals in place ready to crush the year. I hope 2019 wasn't too bad for you. One thing I want to talk about before we get into today's podcast with Chuck from Mortadella Head is about 2020. It's got to be the year where you take your business to the next level. The only reason that your business isn't growing is you. It's 100% your fault. My business, your business, well, my business isn't your fault. My business is my fault. But if you look yourself in the mirror and you realize that your business isn't exactly where you want it to be, it is 100% your fault. Your hiring decisions, your marketing decisions, your product decisions, your location decisions, whatever decisions you made in your business to get you where you are right now, you have to take 100% responsibility for. Now, I'm here to help you get exposure, help you build your business, grow your business, but listening to this podcast is only one step. We definitely can help you with either your marketing and or your decision-making process inside our mastermind group. If that's something you want to do for 2020, we have a couple spots left. This mastermind group in 2020 is going to be it's my goal to make this the most valuable place for you to learn, implement, and grow your pizzeria moving forward into 2020 and 2021. If you want our help and you want our guidance and the guidance of other people who are inside of our group, head over to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind and you can join our group for a very, very, very low price. I try to keep it as low as I possibly can to just get people to show up. That's why we charge any money at all. And we want to make it affordable because we know, I know what it's like to run a pizzeria and run a restaurant. It can be hard and challenging and cash flow can be hard. So if that's something you want to help with, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind. All right, today's episode is with Chuck from Mortadella Head. It's a Roman style pizzeria here in Boston, in the uh, outskirts of Boston in Somerville. And we talk about his marketing plan. He, had a, he does a pretty good job, a really good job on Instagram in marketing his business online. And he has another business, a burger place, Boston Burger Company, that he started originally. It has a few locations. And he branched out to Roman-style pizza after visiting Bonchi in Italy and really falling in love with that style of pizza. And there's not too many styles of pizza like that in our area, especially here in Boston. So I wanted to have him on the podcast, pick his brain, and try to figure out how we got started and hear his story and how it's going for him so far. So we talk a lot about how we got started, how he found this style of dough. We talk a lot about marketing and how he's using social media to market his business, even though his partners aren't 100% into that. We talk about that as well. It's a great episode, great conversation with Chuck from Mortadella Head. I think you're going to enjoy this one. So let's just get into it. Again, if you need our help, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind. Smartpizzamarketing.com is where you can find all the show notes at the end of this episode of the podcast. All right, let's get into it right now. I'm excited for my guest today. His name is Chuck Solari from Mortadella Head in my neck of the woods. Uh, Chuck, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm excited to chat with you today. Uh, thank you for having me on the podcast. This is great. I appreciate it. So, Chuck, my first question to everybody who joins me on the podcast is, how did you get started? So let's hear your story. How did you get started in the whole restaurant industry? Um, you know, it's kind of a, it's probably a unique story. I was, I was a real estate lawyer for, for about 14 years. Um, 
while I was practicing law, myself and my, my, my partner, Sebastian Frisha, we started another restaurant business um, called Boston Burger Company, which is um, it's, it's a burger place in, in, in the Boston area. We have four locations. And um, one, one fall, um, we were going to take a trip over to Italy because my partner, Sebi's father, is, um, is, is from Sicily. So he's an older guy. He's retired. So every, every, every year he goes over there for four or five months. And this year we were going to go over there and, and, uh, and spend some time with him. But the town that he's from is, you know, it's a small town. It's good for a couple of days. But after a couple of days, is really, you know, there's not there's not much else to do. So we wanted to go to Rome for a few days. And while we were in Rome, we wanted to to um, to do something fun, something in the culinary world, um, something that we could gain some knowledge in. So I started I started Googling, um, you know, things to do in Rome. And I came across this blogger who kept talking about this certain uh, Roman pizzaiola. And it was it was Gabrielle Bonchi. And uh, at the time, I had never heard his name before, but um, but I started, you know, I started researching who he was, and I'm like, wow, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta check this guy out. So I had found some articles about how, you know, that he was given classes, and so I wanted to find out how to get into one of these classes, and it was tough. He stopped giving classes, so I reached out to the blogger who whose article I found, and I said, hey, is there any way you can get us in touch with this guy? We're gonna be in town, and we would love to you know, love to meet up with them and take a class, even if it's a private class, see if you can do it. She got back to us a couple of times. She said, no, he's not doing it anymore. And, um, and I, we were pretty persistent. We're like, you know, whatever it costs, <laughs> you know, obviously not whatever it costs, but you know, right. you know, we were sure, like, yeah. see what you can do. So, right. she, so, so after we, it was funny because after we said that she got back to us and she said, Oh, I, I, you know, I got in touch with them and he's willing to meet with you guys when you guys are in town. So, so she set it up and um, me, my partner, um, we, we met Gabrielle Bonchi at this little kitchen in this little um, neighborhood in the middle of nowhere in Rome, like a residential area. Um, you know, we took a taxi there. We had to walk through an alley. We got to this place. and we're like, We weren't even sure if it was the right place because it just didn't look like a place that you would, you know, you would, you would go to. <laughs> um, but sure enough, you know, he was there. Sure enough, he was there. He had he had his uh, his assistant with him, and we had a translator there. And you know, we we spent the day there, and we we just started making you know this really awesome Roman pizza, Italio. And and you know, once we started making it, you know, we were like, this is this is this concept is great. And at the time, like I had never even heard of it, so it wasn't even cool in in the United States yet. Now you hear about it everywhere, so I don't even know if. Like it was, you know, if everybody started hearing about it at the same time or whatever, but it seems like now you start to hear about it more and more. Right. When was this? But, um, but we made it. This was like, uh, so this is 2019. This is probably five or six years ago. Oh, yeah, definitely early. You probably only so, heard about Roman pizza for the last year or two around here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, we were real busy with our other concepts, so we kind of put it on the back burner, but we did go back to Rome every year, and, you know, we didn't meet with him every year, but we started just going around and doing research and going to different um, pizza shops in Rome. You know, every time we went, we stopped at his place, Pizzarium, but we went to, like, Rosholi. We went to, you know, we went to, a, we went to a lot of different places, and we kind of started the, you know, started the business plan. 
And, um, and that's how it started. And actually my partner, Sebi is in, he's in Italy right now. He brought his father and his father's, you know, father in his, in his eighties. So he flew over there with his father to get him settled in Sicily for the next five months. But he's in Rome right now, you know, doing some more pizza research. So when he gets back, it'll be interesting to see what ideas he has, but that's how it started. So, so, you know, that's how Mortadella had came about. I love it. First thing I want to say is what an amazing, uh, you know, lesson for everybody listening that you know obviously you were persistent in the fact that you reach out to this blogger and then you got to meet Bonchi but just the fact that you use the internet to get to where you wanted to go to me is amazing because the world even though it's so big in 2019 it literally is so small and there's no excuse for you with a little persistence to be able to get to or talk to whoever you want yeah I mean it's amazing what you can do the other side of the world and um, you know we figured it out and it's yeah. funny because even today, sometimes I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be looking um, on Instagram or, you know, I'll just do like a search to see what Bonchi's up to. And sometimes I'll see him to this day wearing a Boston Burger Company t-shirt that we gave him, oh, which is hilarious. That's awesome. So when did Mortadella Head open? Yeah, when is. did you open Mortadella Head? A year ago. It opened last October. So um just over a year and describe what it is for people listening at home like what style of pizzeria is it takeout delivery dine in yeah it's a small space um it's it's takeout and delivery we do have we do have about 20 seats in the store if somebody wants to sit in there and eat but um you know it's 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 what you imagine when you think of a of a pizza shop um we have we have a really nice case when you walk in where we display all the roman pies I mean that's like the that's like the centerpiece of the um, of the shop, but we also do we do really awesome subs. Um, we do great pasta dishes, but the Roman pizza is kind of like that's the star of the show over there, and and is you know it seems to it seems to be catching on. Is it? Um, did you have to like educate? Right did you have to educate your consumers as to what Roman style pizza was, especially in our area, like the Boston area? Uh, there's not a lot of them. There's not, if any, Definitely. around there are there. Um, there, no, I don't think there is right now. There was one on Newberry street a couple of years ago. Um, but I don't think that's around anymore. So yeah, we're always trying to explain to people what the difference between Roman and Sicilian pizza is. Cause a lot of people come in and they see that it's square and, and right away, you know, they assume that it's Sicilian style right. pizza. Yeah, that's the key. I, I, you know, education nowadays, there's so many different varieties of pizza that's available to people. Uh, and, and a lot of folks aren't used to the different styles. So I have education about why your pizza is different is a huge aspect of doing business in 2019 nowadays. But I mean, the internet makes it a lot easier. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We're always explaining to people what the difference is. You know, we're always telling people the process of how we make the dough. And then, you know, we'll, sh- we'll show them the dough and show them like the bubbles and how it's airy and you know, why the 72 hours uh, makes a, makes a difference when you're making the pizza dough. And it's funny because we have, we have a guy from the neighborhood that he started coming in when we opened, he became a regular customer and then he was going over to Rome for, I don't know, a vacation or business or something. And um, you know, we told him the whole story about how we, we went and we learned how to make it from Bonchi, but he went to pizzeria when he was there and he came back and I don't know if he was, if he was blowing smoke or not, but he said that he liked that pizza better than the pizza he had at Pizzarium, which was a, which was a huge pump to the ego. <laughs> I know that's great. That's a great compliment right there. 
Yeah, definitely. So what's different? So why did you get into the restaurant industry? Was it something that you've always wanted to do? Because you were an attorney. And obviously, that's much different than being a restaurant operator. So what made you want to jump into the restaurant space? I always loved it, right? I mean, you hear everybody say that uh, they all they started out working in restaurants. That, that's what I did. There was a, you know, I grew up um, right outside of Boston, and I was um, probably 14 when I started working in the restaurant industry. There was an Italian restaurant in my neighborhood, and I worked there as a busboy all through high school. And then, um, you know, I, you know, the first time I really started cooking was um, in the North End. You know, I used to have a, a sausage cart, uh, a couple of the feasts when I was in high school. Um, the North End is, you know, for people who aren't from Boston, it's like the little Italy section of Boston. And I really liked it. I mean, you know, there's there's some kind of um, some kind of satisfaction you get from cooking and seeing people like what you make. So I always wanted to do it. Um, don't ask me why I became a lawyer. I don't. I don't <laughs> even know. I, so I did it for 14 years, and and um, you know, I I liked it at first, but I always kind of, you know, kept one foot in the restaurant business. I had invested in a little restaurant in, you know, in in. Somerville, which is right outside of Boston, when I was when I was uh, just out out of law school, and um, Boston Burger Company came about, and Boston Burger Company started to get popular, and so then I had to make a decision. You know, do I want to focus my attention on being an attorney or the restaurant business? And the restaurant business was just a lot more, a lot more fulfilling, a lot more fun. I, I enjoyed getting up every day and going to work. So that's how it happened. That's great. I mean, a lot of people listen to the podcast and they're not necessarily in the restaurant industry now, but they're just like you said, they either work there as a kid or their family maybe owns and operates one and they used to work there as a kid. And then they went on to do something completely different, but now they want to get back into the restaurant space. I I do have to say, when did you open Boston Burger Company? How long have you been operating that? 2009. So you've been doing it for 10 years now. So obviously, in the last 10 years, things have changed quite a bit. Do you find it harder today to operate a restaurant than it was when you first started in 2009? Or has not too much changed, especially in our area over here? No, I think a lot has changed. I think that, um, you know, when we first started out, we had, we had you know, one little tiny location. Um, it had 24 seats. You know, we had a good team and, you know, it, it, it was, I, you know, I wasn't there full time, so I'm not going to say that it was difficult on me. Right. Um, but, you know, once you reach a certain point where you have, where you have a few locations and now you have more employees, now you have to start thinking about, oh, wow, you, you, you'll, you'll go to the different restaurants and you'll see, oh, people are doing everything the same way. I need to figure this out. And that's when you kind of, the, the light bulb goes off and you say, all right, now I have to start spending my time, not necessarily in the stores, but I have to spend my time figuring out how to systematize stuff and, um, and, you know, be able to, to create a consistent product and also be able to grow. So the, you know, it, it's, it, I have a different outlook on things now. So now I feel like this new concept, Mortadella Head, I'm, I'm, I'm way more ready to, to to grow this concept than I was with Boston Burger Company when we started. So you're like, you, and, yeah, and, you have the systems in place already. Even though it wasn't, it's not pizza related, your other business, it's still the same hospitality space. So you can take those systems and kind of just put them in the form of pizza. 
Exactly. Right. So it's, it's the training. It's, um, it's the checklist. It's, you know, ordering from your vendors. Um, you know, who, who, who's going to do your, your bookkeeping, you know, you figure out what you need to do in one store. And then you, you, as you're doing it, you say, you say to yourself, okay, if I'm doing this here, how can I teach people to do this at, you know, three other locations or 10 other locations. And so for more to Delahead, I started, writing down the processes and, you know, creating the manuals before we even opened the doors, just because I knew that was the smart thing to do. Cause I didn't do it. The, we didn't do it the first time. Yeah. I don't think anybody thinks about that right there. What you just said, writing down everything that you do on a daily basis, even if it's just you, like you're never going to be able to train somebody or hire someone to do the job. If you don't know, if, if you don't have every system or process you do written down in some form, so you can be like, this is how you do that. Definitely. And, and I think that now I have a different outlook on things where before, if I walked into, you know, a restaurant and I saw somebody doing something that wasn't the way we wanted them to do it, you know, I'd get mad and I'd get mad at the person that wasn't doing it right. But now I kind of sit back and I say, you know what, if they're not doing it right, this is my fault. I gotta be mad at myself. So I try to, I try to make that not happen at all. Cause I, you know, getting pissed off at yourself isn't, isn't, isn't fun to no, do every day. I know. So, I, yeah, I you know, know all if, about that. If somebody, you know what I mean? So, yeah. like, if, if someone isn't doing it right, it's because I didn't teach them the right way or I don't have, you know, I don't have it written down so that they can just flip open a book and see how to do it if they have a question. And um, I think if you want to be a, a, a successful business owner and, um, you know, somebody that people want to work for, you, you have to educate them. Like you said before, education is key, whether it's the customer or your employees. Now Boston Boston is, you know, uh, a big city, but it's a small big city. Like it's very condensed. Do you have a hard time finding help in any of your locations or is or what is the process for you to kind of build your team out, especially with this new concept you have going on? Um yeah, it it hasn't been it hasn't been the easiest to to build that team. Um we've had some turnover, but um right now we're at a good place and we have a really um we have a really great manager in the store right now that's working with us and he has um he has contacts with a lot of great people that he's brought in and um he's really good at teaching people you know how we want to get things done he's got a lot of patience and it's so funny because you know we had another manager and the person that the people are working for makes such a huge difference because you know, it makes them want to come to work every day and learn how to do it the right way. Cause if they, if they don't really like the person that they're working for every day, they don't really care. But, um, if their leader is someone that they, that they like, it just changes the whole energy in the place. And since, since we found that person, you know, things have been much better. Yeah. That makes a huge difference. Was there anything that you saw in this particular person that stood out to you versus the old one? Um, yeah, he, you know, he has, he has really good patience. Um, you know, it seems like, it seems like he's a, he's a team player where the last guy really wasn't a team player. You know, he was, you know, you see on TV when the chef gets mad and throws pots and pans across the room. I got a phone call one day from, from one of the girls working the counter saying that, Hey, so-and-so is throwing pots and pans in the kitchen. So, um, that really happened but you know this guy here he i never see him 
he doesn't get upset. He doesn't get mad if something if somebody's doing something that you know he doesn't like. You see the way he explains to them how to do it, and you know he just has a good way about people. Um, and we were lucky enough to we were lucky enough to have him working for us at our other concept. And we saw what a good job he did over there. And that's why we brought him over here. That's interesting. So he was working at your other concept, but now you trained him to make the dough and make the pizza and kind of run this pizzeria. Was that hard to do? Was that new for him? Or is that something that he picked on pretty quick? <clears throat> no, it, it, it was so, it, it, it was such a good fit. And we didn't even know it from day one because, you know, we, I was talking to him one day and I was talking about the new concept and, you know, the troubles we were having. And I didn't even realize that he worked. Um, he worked in a in a pizza shop in Philadelphia for like ten years. Oh wow! So once I found that, once I heard that, I'm like, wait, hold on a second. Let's sit down tomorrow and let's come up with a plan because I I think that we could really use you over here. Um, and so what we did was we put a plan together where the store that he was managing for us, we brought somebody else in, we gave it enough time for him to him to train a new GM in that store, and then we brought him over to more to Delahead and it actually it was a really smooth transition it worked out great wow that's awesome do you so he learned how to do everything was it because it's completely different Roman style pizza is completely different from what he probably did in Philadelphia so he had to learn that whole process over again he had to learn the whole Roman style pizza thing exactly um yeah he, he had to learn that but you know he knew how to make dough he knew how to use a dough mixer he knew how to use a pizza oven <clears throat> so stuff like that you didn't have to teach him. Um, and he picked it up really quick. Yeah. He picked it up really quick and he's, um, he's, he's great. Yeah. He's, uh, he's doing a great job. That's awesome. So when you opened, so now you're open a year and not only did you open a pizzeria yep. and you used, you had, you know, a burger restaurant before, but you opened a Roman style pizzeria. What did you do in the beginning to get the word out there for customers to f- not only find you because you're a new place, but to understand what you were doing, what did you have to do in the beginning or what did you do in the beginning? I, I started social media accounts probably like six, maybe six months before we opened. And I started putting um, pitches out there from stuff that we were testing. I started, um, you know, I started the social media account so that by the time we were ready to open, people are already expecting us to open. And so when we announced the opening, you know, we had people that were waiting to come in, which was, which worked out pretty good. Um, and I utilized the followers that we had on social media from our, from our other concept, because we had, we had a pretty strong social media with Boston Burger Company. And so it was natural if they, if, if we knew how to get them excited about that concept, which we were doing a good job at, then, Hey, Look what we're doing now. So come check out. If you if you love our burgers, you're going to love our pizza too. So right. that that was really helpful to us. Which so we're pla- lucky that we had that. Which platforms did you use the most? Instagram. Instagram was was you know was was the the backbone of it. I think Instagram. You know that was when Instagram was like really catching on, and it really helped us with with our other concept and so we, we you know we just piggybacked it for this one yeah instagram is a great platform for us in the restaurant industry to showcase it's almost like a magazine that people can flip through like they did magazines they flip through them where on instagram they scroll through them and see 
everything that you have to offer. It's like a great platform for us to showcase our products and services in an easy to consume format. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to get the right picture, you know, what's going to get people excited almost to the point where, you know, my, my partners thought I was crazy. Cause then, you know, at the time they weren't really into social media. They still really aren't. They'd see me take a million pictures of a burger, different angles, you know, different light, moving the, moving the burger from one part of the restaurant to the other part because the sun was coming in different. Um, you know, I kind of got obsessed with it for a while, but you know, just I wanted to learn about it. And, and I think it worked because it really helped us, um, you know, it really helped us get our name out there. Yeah, that's a, hu- that's a huge mistake people make is assuming because you don't like social media, <clears throat> nobody else does either. And there's a reason that, f- uh, you know, what is it, 3 billion people use Facebook or 5 billion people or something like that. Some ridiculous number of people have Facebook accounts and 900 million people use Instagram. And just because you don't like it doesn't mean that people don't use it to look for information and research what you're doing. Yeah, and I think that a lot of guys, you know, my age, I'm 44, they look at social media as something, you know, that high school girls play around with. But you have to realize that the customers that we're trying to attract, you know, a lot of other college students, they're people that are really into social media. So, you know, just like you said, just because you don't want to do it, do it for your business. That's that's what it's all about. I mean, yeah, it's 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 your job is to is to get your customer excited, to serve them um, a great product. And I think today social media is part of the product you have to give these people. Yeah, it's a must. It's not a it's not a want like uh, you can. I mean, listen, you can do whatever you want. You don't want to use Instagram? Fine, don't I don't care. But if you really want to take your business seriously and grow it, I feel, in my opinion, you have to use the social platforms because. That's where people are hanging out. It's not like for us to decide where they're hanging out. They're already there hanging out, and we might as well use it for our business if it's available to us. Definitely, and I think you have to get involved in it yourself as a business owner because I know plenty of restaurant owners that will pay a lot of money in the retainer every month to you know a PR firm or a media firm that does social media, which is fine if you do that, but I don't think that you can just let them run with it. You have to be involved and you have to give feedback. And if you don't like the way something looks, you have to let them know. And you have to watch what your customer's engagement is because, you know, you know it best. And you know that if somebody posts a picture of a certain item and, you know, that Saturday you get people coming in and they're ordering an, an extra amount of that item that you, that you know that's working. So you have to pay attention because, you know, you're pay, paying for that. Right. You know what you know what I mean? Yep. No, I 100% agree. There's so many agree. guys that will just hire somebody. They'll hire someone to do the social media. They won't even, like, I know people that have, that, that pay, they pay firms to do their social media, and they don't even know what their handle is to go in and look on their own Instagram <laughs> account. Is that crazy? It's so crazy. <laughs> It's a, but it happened, it, right? Yeah, it no, happened. It, listen, we so we do marketing for restaurants. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm just gonna say we do marketing for restaurants, and the most successful partnerships that we have with restaurants is exactly what you just said. It's we meet on a daily or weekly basis, and we go over what the plan is all together. Like whoever's on their team, who is ever on our team, 
And that's when it's the most successful, when everybody's communicating, everybody's on the same page, everybody knows what's happening, and everybody's involved. Yeah, that's what you need to do. Yeah, definitely. It, but it, but it's, um, it's, hard to, it's hard to get people who didn't grow up with social media to, to get into that mindset because, you know, they're used to worrying about the nuts and bolts, you know, getting their produce order in, making sure that the waitresses are showing up for work. And then you try to tell them, you know, look at your phone and see, you know, the picture that someone posted of a, of a meatball sub, you know, they think you're crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> it sounds crazy. I, I, I'm with them. Like it, it kind of sounds crazy, but, it does, right? but it's the world we live in today. It's yeah. like, it's almost like back in the, in the, I'm not sure when you opened up the, the, your burger restaurants, but when I was operating in like the nineties, that's like telling me when you operate a restaurant in the nineties and early two thousands, it's almost like saying, don't do any direct mail. Like that's how you got the word out back in the nineties and two thousands. If it's almost like not using the platforms that are available to us today is like not sending one piece of mail in 1990 through 2007. Exactly. Yep. Definitely. And, and you really have to be cognizant about it all the time because, you know, you go about your day, you go about your day, but there are certain things that you might, you know, you, you, you might want to put out there to the world that are going to, it's going to get somebody excited. So for instance, like right now, my partner, Sebi is in Rome, right? We're a Roman pizza shop. I know he's not, he's not a social media guy. So I have to keep reminding him, Hey, make sure you get some pictures, send them over to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he's walking around, he's walking around the motherland right now, not even thinking that he should be sharing this with the world, you know, just because, you have to kind of, you have to train yourself to think like that. So when you're a business owner, you have to think like a 16 year old girl. Yes, you really do today. Isn't that, isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. When you, you really do. when it comes to marketing your business, <laughs> not no like not off like and when you're in your house or anything weird like that, but like when you're marketing your business, what would a 16 year old do girl, if she, a girl do, if she came in here right now, take pictures, take video, Put them on Snapchat, send them to her friends on Instagram, maybe even do a little TikTok nowadays. Like, that's what they do. That's what you have to do. Yeah. That's what you have to do. I mean, you have to, you have to, well, you know, marketing, you know, you you hear that you hear the phrase more and more today, you know, it involves empathy, right? Yeah. So you have to, you know, get in the set of your company, I mean, of of your customer. So you have to think about who it is that you're trying to get into the store. So if it's, you know, if it's 19 and 20 year old college students, you got to think like them. Um, You know, we also market to some of the senior citizens buildings around our stores. So when we do that, okay, what are we doing? Let's tailor a menu to, to these seniors that um, is going to get them, you know, to, to order from us. Okay. Let's think about the price point. Let's think about, you know, what time they're going to be eating dinner. So you, you have to think like that whether it's a 16 year old girl or an 85 year old, you know, Korean war vet, like he's going to say, Holy shit, an $18 pizza. I'm not paying that. So you say, okay, you know, what do these people want to pay? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have swore. Right. No, it's fine. It's not a kid. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. You have to get to the market. You have to get into the mindset of who you're trying to, you know, who you're trying to market to. Whether you're doing that offline or online, right? Like 
the way you talk on Facebook isn't necessarily the way you talk on Instagram, which isn't necessarily the way you would talk if you do a TikTok video. Like each one of those platforms has a different audience and you have the ability to push that message in front of a certain segment of that audience if you use ads. So like you said, you got to make sure you know before you do any content creation, who are you talking to and then create the content for them. Exactly. And, you know, I've been playing around with TikTok. You know, I set up an account and, you know, just to have the the handle there um, when we're ready to go. But uh, I'm not sure if I understand it. It's like mostly people singing and dancing. That's that's what (laughs) the majority of it is, right? I mean, it seems to be. So what I gather from TikTok, so... So what I gather from TikTok so far is it's video, and then soon as someone sees one trend go viral, 40,000 other people try to pick up on that trend and do the same video. It's hilarious, and you know what? The, one of the reasons why I'm annoyed with it is because I find myself getting in these TikTok holes where like an hour will go by and I'm just watching these ridiculous videos. It's, it's true. So you my know? my daughter is... Uh, well, I have three daughters, 17, 16, and 12. My 16-year-old daughter, I had to put a phone. Yep. She came up to me, Dad. She goes, Dad, I think I have a problem. And I'm like, whoa, what is it? What's going on? And she's like, I'm, I'm addicted to TikTok. Can you put a timer on my phone so it shuts off the app <laughs> after like 30 minutes? Because I get sucked in this hole where I just keep watching videos on TikTok. And before I know it, three hours goes by. Yeah, it's true. It happens, you know? I mean, I'm a grown man, and it's happening to me. How embarrassing, right? <laughs> I'm with you, my man. Um, so that's, But that just goes to yeah. show you that that platform can be powerful. And I always say, like, I'm not super convinced that every business needs to be on TikTok. I know I've talked about it on a few podcasts before and some posts, but I'm not 100% convinced every person needs to go on TikTok. But like you did, reserve your business name, so at least you have it if it does pop like Instagram did, and test it out. Maybe you... Maybe TikTok is the platform where you can create your version of what you want to put out there for social media, and you're really good at it versus Facebook ads where you're not really good at it. You never know. You never know what's going to happen. You never know. You never know. Um, But like they said, like, you know, five years ago or six years ago, Instagram was kind of like, eh, it was Instagram. It wasn't like the most popular platform in the world, and Kind of people talked about it, kind of like what we talk about Twitter nowadays. But now look what Instagram became. That's where everybody hangs out. Everybody, everybody. And it's, and it's funny now because, you know, when we first started using Instagram, um, it, at least in my opinion, it was mostly younger people. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, we'll post something at the restaurant and then I'll see, I'll see my aunts liking pictures now in there. And they'll, you know, they're in their mid to late sixties. So the fact that they're on Instagram now, you know, that, that demographic I think is getting older and older, which shows that more and more people it's, you know, it's becoming part of their, their routine, you know? Yeah. I mean, listen, my wife's 78 year old Greek aunt is on Instagram. If she's on Instagram, everybody is. Yeah. Isn't that funny? It really is. <laughs> Speaking of Instagram. So go follow you on Instagram. Mortadella head is your, uh, handle on Instagram. And I do have to say that I talk a lot about Instagram and feeds and mistakes people do wrong. And your feed on Instagram does a great job of showcasing your product. I, I feel like I can go to your Instagram account, Mortadella Head, 
and scroll through your feed, and I can pretty much see five different things I'd want to order off your menu just by scrolling through the feed. So good job on that. Thank you. And people listening right now can go follow you and kind of get an idea of what I think you should be posting on there because you're a restaurant. You're a pizzeria. That's what you want people to order from you. And yes, you should show behind the scenes and your personality, but ultimately you want people to order, not your personality, you want them to order your pizza. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we we spend some time with the, you know, trying to show who we are, show our personality. And we do that with videos. And, you know, that will go on the Instagram stories. Um, you know, we'll put videos on Facebook. And that's a lot of fun. We, you know, we like to do that. And, and, and it's funny because when we started doing that, you know, we started getting people coming in mentioning the videos. So, you know, even though, you know, we're not getting a, a, a ton of views right now, there is some kind of an impact and all it takes is, you know, if you have a phone, which everybody does with a camera on it and you see your partner taking a, making a pizza, just go over there and stand there for three minutes and and video. And, and it works, you know, people, people like that. And, you know, I think it's fun too. It makes being at work fun. And, you know, you get the, you get the people that work for you involved in it. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it, it makes, it makes being at work, more enjoyable for everybody, I think. Yeah, totally. Everybody's having fun doing it. I, I think I saw some videos of you on Instagram. I don't know if it was you or someone on your team. Like, you were demonstrating how you make certain pizzas. Is that some of the videos you're creating? Yeah, yeah. We've, we've been doing some of that, um, which I, I think, you know, we've been getting a lot of good feedback from it. And it's funny because I, I love when, the, you know, you get the haters out there. You know, they'll, they'll chime in. That's not how I do it. That's not how my grandmother did it. And so my partner, he doesn't even have a Facebook account. He doesn't even have an Instagram account. So his brother called him up and he said, oh, I was, I was looking at some of your videos. You know, those people that are saying this and saying that, I'd punch them in the face if I were you. And my partner doesn't even know what he's talking about. So he's like, what do you mean? So then my partner says to me, who are these people, you know, what, what are these people saying on, uh, you know, on Facebook about, about the way I make a pizza? I said, don't even look at it because you're not going to want to make the videos anymore. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, so I keep them, I keep them, I keep them, I keep them just making the videos but don't look at them, you know, <laughs> which is funny. That's a but good strategy. Funny. That's a good strategy for anybody. Like, you want to, like, some it's, comment, you're going to get some one or two knuckleheads out there who leave, who feel like they want to say something and be part of the world and say a bad comment on a video you made but like you said don't don't let that stop you from the 99 other people who have positive feedback who enjoy watching them yeah it doesn't bother me at all i love it keep commenting i think the more you comment the more people see it so yeah yeah. i I always think like if you don't if you don't have someone saying something bad on one of your posts or on one of your videos if you don't have at least one person saying something bad or fighting back or arguing with you you're not reaching enough people Exactly right. So you know, you know, once I see people starting to comment, whether whether they like what we're doing or, or they don't like what they're doing, at least I know we're reaching people. Exactly. That's the way I look at it. Perfect. That's exactly right. And just and the keep majority going. of the people, the majority of the people, the majority of the people like what we're doing. So it, it's it's you know we're, we're doing we're doing something right. Yeah. Listen, if you if if you if you post if you create a a piece of content, whether that be a photo or a video, and you put that on social media, whatever platform it is. And someone walks into your restaurant and says, hey, I saw that on this 
and I want to order it, it worked. Keep doing it. Who cares what anybody else says? Yeah, definitely. Last week we had a couple come in and um, order a pizza from California because they, you know, they found us on Instagram. <laughs> which, you know, it just it just shows you that that it works, right? Well, they can't. You know, they they were visiting can't. from California, found you on Instagram, and stopped in. They, you know, they were following us while they were in California, and while they were in Boston we were one of the stops that they were going to make because they wanted to try us out. Well, that's embarrassing for me because I live in Boston and I still haven't visited you yet. I mean, come on. How, where do you live? How far? It can't be that far. It can't be more than a half hour, right? No. You, you get in here and you, know, you got to meet. You know it's how it is. It's like going to New York. Like Boston is like you got to park and then you got to walk or take the tea. It's like then it becomes a job. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, wait, wait, yeah. Do you, you probably do you live on the North Shore or the South Shore? I live in the North Shore. All right, yeah. I'm coming in. Some after day, this. Some Saturday. Yeah, I'm definitely right. coming in. Yeah, definitely on the weekend. Yeah, but that's how I that's how I found you though. I found you on Instagram. Same thing. Okay. Good. Good. At least at least we know that people are seeing it, right? <laughs> that's that's right. We're speaking of Instagram. I mentioned your Instagram handle Mortadellahead. Is your website mortadellahead.com? It is. Yep, mortadellahead.com. Mortadellahead.com and on Facebook as well. Uh, we'll link up all that in the show notes for this episode. Chuck, if someone's visiting Boston, where are you located? We are located in Somerville, Massachusetts. It's um, it's right outside of Boston. We're in an area called Davis Square. Uh, we're right across the street from the Red Line T-Stop. So if, if you're not driving, you can hop on the subway and take it to Davis Square. Um, and, you know, we're right there across the street. So we're, we're really easy to get to whether you're driving or you're taking public transportation. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, Chuck, for joining me on the podcast. It was awesome talking to you. We'll link everything up in the show notes for this episode as well. So if you're driving or you're making dough or you're at the gym, uh, go over to smartpizzamarketing.com. Type in Mortadella Head in the top search bar, and this podcast episode will pop up, and we'll link up all your social platforms over there. So thanks, man. It was awesome talking to you. All right, Bruce. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, well, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Go check out Mortadella Head on Instagram at Mortadellahead. Mortadellahead.com is their website. Doing some cool marketing over there. You get to see their product, what they're doing. They do a lot of video and a lot of Instagram stories, which I believe everybody should do. And I hope that your end of the year is fantastic. We won't be hearing you. You won't be hearing from us again till January when our next podcast comes out. But I hope 2019 treated you well. I hope 2020 treats you even better. And if you need some help from us, whether that be your marketing, if you want us to do it for you, we can help you with that. We can have a consultation call smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip for that to see if your zip code is available for us to work together. And if you need our help, if you want to learn and educate yourself and help us motivate you on a monthly basis, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind is our mastermind group where we meet twice a month. You get to have access to our private Facebook group, two monthly calls with me and other entrepreneurs and business owners, and we really dive deep into what's working for other people and help you with your questions to really, we really want to make 2020 for you the best year ever. And also follow us on Instagram at Smart Pizza Marketing and at I am at the Bruce Serving. That's my personal account. In the show notes, as usual, over at smartpizzamarketing.com. I think my biggest takeaway from this episode is that sometimes you got to just do what is happening now. Smart, uh, Chuck was talking about how his partners don't really understand social media. And not only do they not understand social media, but they use the internet to find 
the product that they're serving now. That's how they found Bonchi. That's how they reached out to him. That's how they find their customers, and they're reaching out to their customers now using Instagram and Facebook and learning and adapting to what's happening currently. I think that all of us need to do that, and most of us need to do it better than we are now. And like I talked about in the beginning of this podcast, whatever your business is, wherever your business is, it's 100% your fault. And as soon as you stop making excuses, whether you don't know how to do it or you don't have the time or you don't think it works, there's other people doing it and there's other people making it work. And there's other people who have the same amount of time in the day that you have that are making things happen. So the only reason that we can look at ourselves in the mirror and say it's not working is because of us. And the second we realize that and fix it, the second your business is going to be where you want it to be. So that's it for me. Reach out to me, Bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. Let me know what you think of this podcast episode. And if there's any other episodes you'd love to hear in the future. Other than that, have a great New Year's and we'll see you on the next one.